For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. Go. Appreciate you streaming on in. It's a football Friday here on Birds 365 with Mac and Mac, John McMullen, and Jody McDonald. JM, there's a bunch of narratives that lead into this weekend's game against the Giants, some of which we're just projecting because you never know what's going to happen when you play a football game, and some of which we don't know because we don't even know who's going to be on the field playing that football game just yet. For both teams the Giants and the Eagles. I know you had a busy day down at the Novacare complex yesterday uh, for a chance to uh, get an actual look at some practice and talk to uh, some key Eagle coaches. What was the biggest thing you learned yesterday? Biggest thing I learned yesterday, the Eagles aren't, uh, are sticking to competitive advantage like a dog with a bone. Uh, yeah, obviously it starts with Jalen Hurts if he's going to play, and I think he is going to play. Uh, but man, they are trying to um, uh, to try to keep that under lockdown for as long as humanly possible. And the ironic thing about that, Jody, is the Giants don't give a you know what they don't care. They don't. Th- I mean, they're trying to get to the playoffs. They're trying to get out of this thing with as many healthy players as possible. Not, you know, I'm sure they'd love to pull off an upset with the backups and all that playing the majority of the game. But, and, you know, it's funny because we asked both Shane Steich and Jonathan Gannon about, you know, preparing for a team that you don't know who's going to play. Well, they do know who's going to play, but, you know, it's, oh, is it Leonard Williams or whomever the backup is? And, 
they say the same thing. It's about, you know, we prepare for the starters. We prepare for the starters. We prepare for the starters, which they should. And if they're prepared for the starters, they're prepared for the backups, who by definition are not as good as the starters. I don't know why the Eagles can't recognize that on the flip side. You prepare for the starter, whether that's Lane John. If you prepare for Lane Johnson, you're prepared for Jack Driscoll. If you prepare for Jalen Hurts, you're prepared for Gardner Minshew. It really, it, it it's really gotten to the point of absurdity. Well, I, I, I'll, I guess I'll disagree slightly, specifically at the quarterback position. If you're preparing for Lane Johnson, you're preparing for uh, Jack Driscoll. On that, we will agree. As a matter of fact, you might even not even have to prepare as much. Um, the, the, the level of talent of the player is certainly something you should be able to adjust to. Jalen Hurts is just a different player than Gardner Minshew. At a key position, he's going to play it better and differently than Gardner Minshew. If you're talking about a key spot like quarterback and Jalen being such a unique quarterback, I would tell you on the Giants' side, there's a difference between preparing for one or preparing for the other. If you knew for a fact it was going to be one or going to be the other. But in most of the position, generally a year statement is on point and accurate. Yeah, you're preparing for the Philadelphia Eagles. You're not preparing for the uh, Jack Driscoll-led Philadelphia Eagles if you're yeah. the Giants and the uh, same thing. Teddy Bridgewater, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is a little different than Daniel Jones. But, uh, yeah, Matt Breida, are you going to prepare differently because Matt Breida is going to take the handoff, uh, handoffs instead of Saquon Barkley? Not really. Uh, so I get the point you're saying, but I think I think quarterback is a different animal, just the way quarterback is on every single game. A different animal has that big an impact on the game. Uh, and there are reports out of New York, not confirmed by the Giants by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, there are reports that uh, it, it the belief is in some corners that Daniel Jones isn't even going to play, that uh, the Giants may full well go to a preseason-type mode, get starters out there, get them a little run, and get them off the field, get them protected. That might not be the case at uh, quarterback. Um, so are you buying what the Eagles are selling? That They're preparing the same exact way for uh, Daniel Jones that they would be if they knew it was Tyrod Taylor being quarterback. Yeah, the exact same way. The exact <laughs> same way. And, 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 and the thing is, you know, I hear your point, Jody. If it were a, a different style, like you've seen the Eagles play, they play the same offense with Gardner Minshew. They just don't play it as effectively because he doesn't have as much uh, skill or ability. How many designated runs things. did they have for uh, Gardner Minshew on over the last? Well, week? and it, but that the misunderstanding is the zone read. It, you know, he's going to, he, Jalen's going to pull it and Jalen's going to create this danger of when he's healthy, this danger to the defense that Gardner can't present, but they're running the same offense. It's just right. not. So if you're the Giants defense, you would prepare differently Why? for a quarterback who's going to run a uh, zone read offense, who is going to keep the ball 4% of the time as compared to a quarterback who's going to keep it. 55% of the time. No, because you prepare for a zone read like you prepare for a zone read. You you scrape over the top if you're a linebacker. It doesn't matter if Jody Mack is doing it or Lamar Jackson. You do the same thing. There's only so much you can do. You got to fill the gap as best way possible. The problem is the personnel on the other side 
if it's Jody Mack versus Lamar Jackson, you're going to have a lot more fears of defense. You're going to have a lot more problems. Now, if you're telling me Mike Glennon's back there in a pure pocket passer versus Jalen Hurts, or 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 Mike Glennon versus Daniel Jones, who's also got some mobility, but so does Tyrod Taylor. No. First of all, the Eagles play their defense. We've talked about this a hundred million times. They're going to play the same defense, which is one of my problems with the defense. And for anybody who listens, and I I learned on 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 Twitter again, there's a lot of people that don't listen. I don't, you know, I don't even like this scheme. And I've said it since day one. Too there many people, have. too many people run this scheme, so then it becomes who does it best? Well, guess what? The Eagles have done it best. They've done it best of all the teams that run this stupid scheme. So I do give them credit for that. I, I give them a ton of credit for that. But at, at number one, they're going to run them what they run anyway. And, and that's what frustrates me about the Eagles because they do it on both sides of the football. And they act like this competitive advantage. Now, granted, this is more personal than anything else. It's not a big deal. It's just a little bit frustrating when they play these games because they know how they run their operation and they don't change. And it's about them. And both coordinators said it yesterday. It's about us. It's about us. It's about what we do. All right. Well, then it's about what the Giants do. And guess what? They're they're A, they don't care about winning the game. Number number one. Number two, they're going to try to get to the playoffs as healthy as possible because they can't move. So, no, they're not preparing differently for and saying, oh, I, I wonder, Wink Martindale's not sitting there going, oh, I wonder if it's going to be Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew. He's preparing for Jalen Hurts. If it wasn't going to be Jalen Hurts, if he's prepared for Jalen Hurts and he's taught his players correctly, well, then he's freaking prepared for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, you and I are just going to disagree on this. Gardner Minshew isn't Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts isn't Gardner Minshew. And if I were a defensive player, if I was the middle linebacker of the New York Giants, and on any given RPO that the Eagles should run, I'm going to, even if it's that split-second decision on which way you're going to lean on a play, that you believe it's going to go to the running back, you believe it's going to go to the quarterback, I'm certainly going to lean more that Gardner Minshew is going to hand off the football. But that's not preparation, Jody. That's instinct. That's instinct from the personnel. No, You're right. But, well, instinct and me mental preparation. And uh, I'll describe it again if, if you need. Uh, on a given play, as you're prepping for the week, as you're sitting here on a, a Friday getting ready and you're going through your mental preparation for the week and you believe the Eagles are going to run X amount of RPOs. Well, on those plays, I'm leaning. I'm believing. I'm not overreacting, but I'm certainly going to lean one way or the other. And I would lean more toward playing it straight up. I can't afford to let Jalen Hurts, if he pulls that ball back, take off and make a big play. I'm going to take a chance. I'm going to lean inside, and I'm going to believe he's going to hand the ball off most of the time if it's Gardner Minshew. That's well, mental that's how, preparation. I, mean, I always say everything's about definitions, right? Um, I, I already said that. They have no fear. Uh, that's the problem with Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson. There, there's fear there. There's fear. You saw it way back when all this first started. I was pointing to the Clay Matthews-Colin Kaepernick game. Clay Matthews was one of the best players in the NFL, best defensive players in the NFL at that point in the playoffs. He didn't know what to do. He didn't know what to do with Colin Kaepernick playing. Now, that, they were one of the first teams when before it 
turned into a splash and now everybody runs zone read and, and, and teams have gotten better at it. So, but there's a fear with people who can do it and you're not going to have that fear with Gardner Minshew. You're not going to have that fear. But my point is when you're running a zone read, it doesn't matter if it's Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew or Lamar Jackson or anybody else. You teach the same stinking thing. You teach the linebacker to scrape over the top uh, to where, and yes, the linebacker on the field, whether it's Jalen Smith or who's not going to play evidently, uh, yeah, he's going to have the instincts. If they're a smart player, TJ Edwards, probably a better example because he's a very smart player. Agreed. Um, he ha- he has those instincts. He's not. He knows Lamar Jackson's on the other side, and he knows uh, somebody who's not feared is on the other side. But he's taught the same thing. He's taught the same thing when it comes to his own read. But he knows instinctually. All right, I don't have to fear this guy as much. I'll give you one more example, and I promise we'll move on. Um, A basketball example. Um, You're taught to stay between your man and the the basket defensively. When your guy's got the basketball, you're facing him straight up. He's going to potentially drive on you. You're supposed to stay dead center between me and the basket. If you've got a guy that you know ahead of time, goes to the right, uses his right-hand dribble about 85% of the time, well, of course you're going to cheat that way. You're starting with the belief, I must stay between he and the basket. But if you know that he's going to do something a greater majority of the time than someone else, they sub out, they bring in a guy, he goes left and right the same amount. Well, then you've got to play him differently. You prep the same way. Stay between he and the basket. But you adjust in your own mind that you know a guy is more likely to do something one way or the other that's what I mean by preparing differently. And I used to do it as a player. I never played high-level competitive football, but I did basketball. Yeah, and you play different I'm not, guys I'm not, differently. I'm not arguing instincts. Marshawn Lattimore beat beat the Eagles because he's a savvy, instinctual player. And he saw a play uh, in the first half, and he got caught on it, and he saw the Eagles were going to run it again at the biggest moment of the game. He called out the play. He knew what was coming. The quarterback didn't recognize it. Bang, pick six. That had nothing to do with coaching. That had to do with the player's instinct. And, and 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 you know, in a lot of ways, look, when we talk about major sports, if you talk about all sports on, on, on your many radio shows and things like that, football is by far the most important sport when it comes to coaching and scheming of the major sports, at least in my opinion. That said... People put way too much into coaching and scheming over personnel. It's still about the players, like every other sport. You're talking about instincts in basketball. Basketball is probably the the most leaning towards the other side, where it's you know completely about the player and his instincts. And you know whether it's Larry Bird or Michael Jordan or any great player you want to talk about, um, you know you can teach all you want, but they're gonna they're gonna, <laughs> they're gonna do what they're gonna do. Um, same thing in football, man. And Marcus Lattimore is a perfect example of that. Nobody's in his ear. Nobody's in his ear saying, oh, the Eagles are going to run. No, he saw four by one. He saw it in the first half. He got inside levers. Gardner Minshew didn't pick up on it. Bang. Game over. Same thing with this. But here's, here's the one thing we don't know. If you want to use the Lattimore thing as an example, do we know that his coaches didn't tell him, listen, 
Minshew throws a, a weaker slam pass than Jalen Hurts. He doesn't have the kind of zip on his ball. So if you read it, if you see it, feel free to go ahead and try and jump a quick slant against Gardner Minshew instead of Jalen Hurts. We have no idea whether the defensive coordinator said that to uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Well, he didn't do it in the first half. You know, um, you know, he, you know, you're right. I mean, there's no way I can prove it, but you know, AJ Brown says it on the record, you know, he, he was calling out the play. He knew what play we're running. Now, is that about prep beforehand? Sure. He's a very smart player. There's savvy player. And, and, and I say it all the time about Bradbury specifically on this team, just a tremendously smart player, TJ Edwards. Yeah, those guys deserve all the credit. And if you go to a different linebacker or a different cornerback, and you've seen it with the Eagles over the years, specifically at corner, you know, there's a big difference from guys who know how to play and guys who don't know how to play, especially in this scheme, which there's so many blown coverages in this scheme, less in Philadelphia than with the dozen other teams that run this scheme there's blown coverages all over the place because it's about communication so you know from that aspect yeah but i'm talking about from the and and we use the zone read you teach the same damn thing i mean the players know what to do did they execute it um you know it the plus one in the running game is something you can't account for that's why it's so successful that's why it's called plus one. You you do it, but that's about the physical gifts. That's about the Michael Jordan gifts. You know, guys, some guys have it. Some guys don't have it. That's what that's about. Because everybody's taught the same thing when it comes to the zone read. Linebacker, scrape over the top. You don't have to fear Gardner Minshew. You have to fear Jalen Hurts. Right. So I, I think that it, while, while the basic way that you design a defense against that type of a play will be the same on all plays, it's up to the player to mentally have a better read before the players ever run on how they're going to go, which I do look at as preparation. Mental preparation might not be changing the – we're going to play it this way against Carter, and we're going to give you a completely different responsibility. No, mental preparation in that – millisecond of decision that a defensive player is going to make. I think he does it differently against a guy like Gardner Mitchell than Jalen Hurts. And we still don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to start. We probably won't know till Sunday because the Eagles love that competitive advantage. All right. We get a competitive advantage when we get to punch up our next guest from Bleeding Green Nation. Brandon Lee Gowton is going to join us here on Verge 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. 
Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Mac and Mac guys here on Birds 365 before a pretty big game from an Eagle perspective coming up Sunday against the Giants last regular season game of the year. Well, we've got our buddy Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Gregation good enough to hop aboard with us and give us some Eagle Giant insights. Uh, BLG yesterday at Eagles practice, Jalen Hurts was limited. Someone made the decision on him being limited. Probably a group more than just one individual, but uh, that decision was made. Was it done done more so out of protection or concern for Jalen Hart's shoulder? I think the important thing to um, point out is that limited is not necessarily the most descriptive uh, uh, term for you know practice participation because by definition, and John, correct me if I'm wrong here, anything less than a hundred percent participation is yeah. limited so you could be at 99 percent yeah. in theory participating and that's limited and you could also be at one percent participation <laughs> and that's limited so it's not necessarily yeah. the most helpful term in that regard um you know my read on it is that he is not fully necessarily ready to do maybe a hundred percent of everything but close to it i would think um as as you know there was there was more participation seen from him um so i think he's getting closer to that uh, it is a little curious 
Um, but, you know, I think what matters most here, more than anything, is that, you know, we're seeing that he's taking the first team reps, and I don't think he would be doing that if he wasn't going to play. Yeah, and I think the biggest sign that he was going to play Brandon um, is, is, was Wednesday, the walkthrough day, because he participated. If you remember the week before, he didn't participate in the walkthrough, and I was like, mm-hmm. well, then he's not going to be in practice. And then he showed up in practice, and everybody got excited. And I said, whoa, 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 slow down. He didn't take part in the ball security drills. But why Wednesday's key? Because that's install day. So, you know, if he, that's when they install the game plan. So the fact that he wasn't there leading up to the Saints game was a bad sign. The fact that he was there leading up to the Giants game is a very good sign. Plus, then he was in the ball security drills, which, you know, not much when Shane Steichen's whacking you with a pad, but Jamal Singleton gets you. It, it could be something different. But it was a clear indication he wasn't clear for contact last week. Now, that would indicate he's clear for contact. Why do you think the Eagles play these games, though? I mean, the Giants <laughs> don't even care about this game. The Giants are going to rest their key players. Uh, Daniel Jones probably isn't even going to start the game. I mean, Jody and I were talking about it before you came on. The the preparation, in my mind, we differ a little on this, but my mind, if you're prepared for Jalen Hurts, you're prepared for Gardner Minshew. You're not going to shift your mentality. And the ironic thing, uh, BLG, is we asked Jonathan Gannon Shane Steichen about this yesterday. How do you prepare for a team that you don't know who's going to play? Well, same way. We prepare for the starters. I don't know if the Eagles recognize it. Are you frustrated by their constant subterfuge? <laughs> I do think there's been an overemphasis on competitive advantage in the past. Um, you know, I'm looking at this here in terms of the worst case scenario is that, you know, he's not fully ready. I think, again, he's going to play, but maybe he's not, you know, he's pushing it a little bit. It's not like, okay, he's 100% cleared, full go, he's ready to go. Um that's the worst case kind of scenario. The best case scenario is that I think that they are trying to take it cautious with him and they might not have him again in on 100% of the reps, 100% of the drills. They're just holding back a little bit just as a precaution um, because, you know, given the importance of everything. So I think that's, that's, that could be the generous uh, read of the situation, um, but that's where it might be. And, you know, I'm guessing I could be wrong here that, you know, when the, the final practice report comes out today on Friday, that we're going to see him upgraded to full. I, I'm thinking that would be happen. And I'm guess we're going to see him without a game status, but, but maybe not. I don't know. I was going to say upgraded to full Eagles give up a competitive advantage. I don't, I don't know that I would take that bet, Brandon Lee, but, uh, we shall see. Uh, here's another, I think, pretty important question. I think I know the answer, but just give me your confirmation and or uh, suggestion that I'm off base. Can you just plug and play Jalen Hurts as the man? We know that he is a great leader and his uh, teammates love him and they play hard for him and the like, but being out there week in, week out, it, it certainly adds a comfort level to it. And it, it has been missing the last two weeks. He hasn't been there. And Gordon had to try and step into that role and didn't do a great job for my uh, estimation. But is it just that simple? Jalen, go ahead, take back the team. 
or is there going to be a an adjustment period, be it one series, one quarter, or something like that? Uh, just from a take the reins type deal, we believe he'll play to the level he can play to. But is is it uh, just that easy, just that quick? You plug back your leader in, and he takes over the team immediately. I mean, I think it is because I think it's been lacking. You know, I think some of the lack of composure that we saw from Gardner Minshew himself, just specifically in the pocket, pocket management, things like that, kind of translated to the team. I think, you know, um, we saw A.J. Brown was visibly frustrated at times during the game last week. And I don't know if that's the case. Jalen Hurts is there to kind of maybe, um, you know, I know Jalen Hurts is still there on the sideline, but it's a different thing. I think when, you know, he has the cachet of, literally being the starting quarterback in that game, going over to AJ and kind of settling him down a little bit. So, yeah, I, I definitely think that's a, it's a hugely important factor. And something, I'm not just saying in hindsight, something I've been saying throughout the season when Hertz was playing before he got injured, was that the composure that he plays with, I think really um, it, it, it's infectious. And the rest of the team, you see that manifest. So, yeah, I think getting him back is, is a big deal in that regard. Um. Now, the Eagles are out of mulligans, uh, BLG. Uh, we all thought this game wouldn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. It turns out it does, but it doesn't mean anything for the other team. Very similar to the Eagles last year when they were the seventh seed. Um, where are you on the panic meter? Because there's a lot of panic. Um, and I think, you know, this team's still 13-1 and one with Jalen Hurts as the quarterback. Um Obviously, um, Gardner Minshew, I thought, had one good game, one bad game. Um, Mediocre quarterback, kind of up and down. Uh, Maybe that's to be expected. I didn't expect him to play that poorly against the Saints. But where are you on the panic meter? Yeah, I think less so maybe than others. um, Because, you know, I went into the Saints game saying that I thought that was going to be a tough game for the Eagles. I didn't think they were going to lose, to be clear. But I did think the Saints were going to cover. I thought they were going to make it competitive. They were playing for their season. I thought Jalen Hurts specifically was such a big factor in the Eagles' previous two wins over the Saints and his mobility. You look at how they beat the Saints each of those two times. It was with his legs. It was with the Eagles' running game. And you take Hurts out of that equation, that's kind of a big deal. So I think getting him back is huge. It's everything. Uh, it comes down to is his shoulder obviously healthy or not. That really doesn't change for me in terms of like if the Eagles won the past two games or not. Like that that is immaterial to ultimately his health being the most important driving factor here. Um, you know, if we're gonna say it at a scale of one to ten, ten being you know full on panic, I'd be at a ten if the Eagles find a way to lose this game. Um, but that would mean they they win, which I think they will. I'm more at like a four, you know, I think um, it's important to contextualize things. And you look back at the 2017 season, Eagles were not playing their best football down the stretch by any means. I mean, they, they squeaked out a win over the Raiders on Christmas. And then they, because they looked so bad in that game, Doug Peterson played the starters early against the Cowboys and they didn't look good at all there either. So, uh, you know, I I think, well, let me go halfway with you, Brandon, and this is very unlikely to happen. Um, but the Eagles lose to the Giants. Mm-hmm. The Tyrod Taylor-led Giants. Sam Howell turns into the second coming of, of Brock Purdy, and Washington <laughs> beats Dallas. So the Eagles still have the uh, – well, you got to worry about San Francisco as well. Mm-hmm. Um, who's San Francisco playing? The Cardinals. Cardinals. Yeah, not, well, not, that's not, not going to happen. But if they have to plow lose, to the Eagles' rescue. In other words – I don't see it. If, if – if, uh, 
if the Eagles back into the number one seed, mm. which is very <laughs> unlikely, sure, but they still have the number one seed. Where does the panic meter go from there? Does it stay to 10? I, I imagine it wouldn't be four. So where would it go right. there? Yeah, I mean, maybe like a nine, an eight. Because um, I think Oops. getting the one seed is just huge in it in and of itself. It's it's not worthless to be able to get that. Um, but certainly, yeah, if you can't beat the Giants. Eagles are 14-point favorites this yeah. week. You know, I think that's that's the key. Like, you know, it's it's kind of funny. There's a lot of talk like, oh, are the Giants going to rest their starters? I mean, they clearly are if they're 14-point favorites. <laughs> and also, is Jalen Hurts going to play? Yes. I mean, if they're 14-point favorites, Vegas, they're not dummies. I go back to when um, the Jalen Hurts, even before that injury. Yeah, they knew when, first. Yeah, they, they knew, knew first. first. So, yeah, Which is I, a I, scandal. I'm the only one talking about that. That's an <laughs> NFL scandal. That it was really very is fishy. because somebody yeah. gave – people information and they yep. probably bought that information mm-hmm. and that creates but but nobody cares so i guess it isn't a problem all right let me let me uh hook a couple of things into get uh, together here i'll ask you a leaning loaded question brandon mm. including nfl scandal <laughs> how many points will the eagles be favored next week at home against the seattle uh seahawks so and by that, I mean the NFL is actually considering adding oh. an eighth playoff team to the AFC because they canceled the game between the Bills and the Bengals. And if they add one in the NFC, AFC, they got to add one in the NFC because it's got to stay balanced and fair. And all of a sudden, the Eagles are the number one seed, but they got to play week one. So the eighth seeded Seattle Seahawks come to Philadelphia. How many uh, is this a a travesty? Is it uh, a controversy? Is uh, it got any chance of happening? At least it's being discussed. It hasn't been implemented yet, but it has been discussed. They just kick the Seahawks' ass and move on. Is that what we're talking about here? That would be a disaster. I think if they if they added that, I mean that's just that's insane to remove. And I think they locked that down. They're not doing that uh, right because when they announced. Um the scenarios for the AFC championship game potentially being at a neutral site, they kind of locked down the 14 playoff clubs. So they did talk about it, but I think mm. they came to their senses. Um, and it is going to be just the the typical seven teams on both sides. But, yeah, that would have been – you know, I was going to talk about that, Jody, and – bring you on on this BLG, even what they're doing in the AFC. It, it seems, I don't know. There's a lot of sports that do, you know, circus like things. And I always <laughs> thought the NFL doesn't have to do that because of their popularity, but they do some circus like things. Now, granted, this is a tough situation right? Uh, to, to figure out, but man, it, I assume you got that email yesterday about mm. the NFL and the scenarios. It's like a book. You know, you, you got to make it a little bit easier for the people. Mm, yeah, uh, I, I feel like I still haven't fully wrapped my head around. I, know. I, I keep having to go back to the chart um, that they put out. Um, I, I think it's really tough, honestly. And again, you know, like the most important thing here is, you know, DeMar Hamlin and his health. Like you go back to that. Yeah. But at the same time, like the magnitude of that game was huge. It was a huge game. I yeah. mean, we're talking about like Bengals yeah. potentially. Like, there's a world where the Bengals win that game, then they go out and they win in week 18, and maybe the Chiefs slip up against the Raiders or whatever, and the Bengals are the one seed all of a sudden. And Joe Burrow's MVP. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. I just think that's that they get, like, to get robbed of that is is pretty crazy. 
Um, you know, now they were kind of given the AFC North, which is also crazy. I know. The Ravens. I know. Sorry, like you just don't get. Yeah. And now, okay, Ravens maybe got they, screwed. Maybe they, yeah. yes and no because maybe now they get to host a home playoff game based yeah, on. Yeah, that's going to come down to a coin toss. So, if it I don't comes know. To the, a coin toss. It's it's. I know it's tough. I get that, but. For me personally, speaking for myself, it's hard for me to not feel like this is kind of, you know, like a Mickey Mouse situation, like an asterisk kind of like, you know, you have to put that next to it kind of season at this point, because like this, this threw a huge wrench in everything. And it, I, I have a hard time reconciling that this is like fair and this is normal. It's yeah, not, I'm but you it. have to have some kind of solution. And uh, I, I threw that eight seed out there just because it was being discussed. Not that I thought it was going to happen. I right. thought it was absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous. You're going to add another playoff team with one week to go. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll change our rules right in the not only in midstream, right mm-hmm. before we get to the other side. Right. Let's make up new rules. But you have to do something. You can't just say, "Well, we'll just make it." No, no, they're going to go with best record. They, they have to go at winning percentage, right? The, the, when push comes to shove and the decision is made later today, it's got to be winning percentage, right? And it, it, is it 100% fair? There's no scenario with which we're all going to go, oh, that's very fair. That's exa- that's, that is that's that is the exact solution. No, there's going to be debate on either side. It's going to end up being best winning percentage, right? Yeah, they've already kind of decided that. Um, so they put out three scenarios, so... Um, you know, if Buffalo, Kansas City both win or both tie a Buffalo or Kansas City potential championship game would be at a neutral site. That's scenario one. Scenario two is Buffalo and Kansas City lose. Baltimore wins or ties. A Buffalo or Kansas City championship game would be a neutral site. And then the, the Ravens, as BLG mentioned with Cincinnati, that's a real cluster. You know what? Mm. And that might come down to um a coin toss for home field and you really think they're going to go to something that includes a coin toss that that's the three scenarios so they only have uh three options they've come up with that the competition committee the owners are going to vote on it Mm. so those are you know one of the three options yeah i think it's very circus like I, i i don't know you know the best idea i saw was um you know, picking up uh, Buffalo Cincinnati on the first week of the playoffs. Uh, so the NFC wildcard would go on as scheduled. The only AFC uh, game would be the, the the restart of that game. And then you push the a- AFC back. I think that was the best case, but, you know, there's no good choices. I, I think the game had to be played. And I know that sounds like harsh, but like... I don't, these teams might meet in the playoffs anyway. I just think, I think the game had to be played. I think that was, and I, yeah, I don't know exactly how you would figure out and the right way to do it, but I just, I think that's, that was the answer. It had to, somehow, some way, they had to find a way to get that game in. But yeah, see, I, I disagree. I think, no. although some teams are going to be shortchanged, Baltimore certainly being one of them, it's almost looked at as like an act of God. Uh, an act of God did away with that game. So sorry, two teams are going to play one less game and we're going to go by winning percentage. We're going to proceed with the way we always play the playoffs. And if that one half game that doesn't get played affects it, sorry, that's all you can do is say sorry. But that's the, that, that I think is, is the best solution and scenario. If they don't go there, yes, I will second guess the national football. League. All right. Will we second guess the Eagles playing Jalen Hurts on Sunday? What's the chance that Jalen Hurts 
can't in his own mind, be it preparation and or just natural instinct, not pull the ball back in from Miles uh, Sanders' stomach and decide to take off on a running play and end up being pounded on his shoulder. I mean, yeah, it's, that's in the DNA of Jalen Hurts, which I think I would, I would, I could be wrong. I would think is a huge point, um, em- point of emphasis from the coaching staff is like, and maybe to the point where you have to like threaten Jalen Hurts, like, hey, if you do not comply, we're pulling you. Gardner's in the game. Like, you have to, you know, win this way. You have to play this way. Um, you know, if, hey, if I'm the Eagles, my approach in this game is fairly simple. It's that. You know, let's make the Giants not play their starters in this or pull the starters in this game. You know, let's go out, start strong, let's build up a lead, and then we're pulling you out of there. We're getting you out of there in the first half. Uh, obviously, that could be easier said than done, um, but I think that's how they're going to be looking at it, is that they, they want to come in, start strong, take advantage of the Giants not playing some of these key players, and then get their starters out there out of there as soon as they can. Um. You mentioned those instincts, Brandon. Uh, is it as simple? You know, the Eagles went through this last year with the ankle injury with Jalen Hurts. He missed the game against uh, the Jets, came back, and I think he it was either the game after or the second game after. He ran it like two times. So they shifted um, their their thought process. They changed the offense. They took the zone read off the table. It is, is it as simple as taking that off the table? However, while I say that, Miles Sanders is also banged up. Mm-hmm. I mean, nobody's talking about that. The guy's playing yeah. with a knee brace. That's one of the reasons when people said he didn't get as many touches as he should have. Mm-hmm. And why is Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott out there a little bit more? Well, Kenny's going to be out there third downs, you know all that, but some of it had to do, they wanted to limit miles touches. So you got kind of both ends of the spectrum. You can't just hand it off to miles because he's dealing with something. Yeah. Sanders played his lowest snap count percentage of the season. And that included games where the Eagles pulled their starters. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's definitely something. And he's still limited on the injury report this week, miles Sanders. So certainly, you know, I'm expecting that there's going to be a restriction again this, this week. Um, I mean, ultimately, it's a, it's a point where, again, if the Giants are not really going all out to win, and they shouldn't be. And, you know, I'm not just saying that as someone who thinks that's, you know, the best thing for the Eagles. I'm saying that as I just, I think, as a rational, objective analysis. That Joe Judge would play this game. BLT. He would. But, like, wouldn't no, you have seen No, he wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he yeah. would, but if yeah. anyone. But Saquon Barkley has the second most touches in the NFL this season. This talk that talks that the Giants want to extend this guy. You're really looking to get him more work in a week yeah. 18 game. That doesn't mean it like that just yeah. doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking whatever the, the setup is, the Eagles should be able to have enough to find a way, just find a way to get it done. All right. I'm going to one of my favorites, BLG, the hypothetical. And it's one that the Eagle fans will not like a little bit. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, let's say mid-first quarter, uh, Jalen Hurts back to pass. Jack Driscoll just oh, gets no. okey-doked. And the Giants' defense end comes over and just lays Jalen Hurts out. Mm. And he gets up clutching his shoulder. Oh, no. I'm oh, not even man. asking about Jalen Hurts. Uh, Jalen's Jalen. <laughs> I'm asking about Jack Driscoll. Mm. 
if he gets beat bad, and oh, by the way, on a scale of A to F, I'd give him a D minus with his performance last week mm. against the Saints. He just wasn't very good. Do they change their strategy on the offensive line? Do they go, Jack, oh, you go sit next to Jalen in the tent. We're going to get <laughs> Dillard out there. We're moving my ladder over to the other side. Uh, we have to prep just in case. Lane sprains his ab going to the bathroom this upcoming week before the playoffs. Uh, will will the Eagles be in an evaluative mode of their right tackle, Jack Driscoll, in this game, even believing that Lane Johnson will be back for the playoffs? I don't think so. I think um, Driscoll is actually a little bit better than you give him credit for there, Jody. I think the bigger issue to me. You, you was, thought he was good against the Saints? I'm not going to say good, but I don't think he was. I know a, he was terrible. I don't think he was a disaster. I think, especially in pass, I think he was better in pass pro than he was as a run blocker in that game. And I think that, you know, I think Gardner Minshew really made the offensive line look a lot worse. They really didn't do them a lot of favors. Now, out to be clear, the offensive, the offensive line had way too many pre-snap penalties. And, you know, Jason Kelsey had that uncharacteristic yeah. illegal blocking downfield penalty. So I'm not going to give him a pass for that. Like, that's on the offensive line for sure. But when it came to pass protection, you know, I just thought Minshew looked rattled from the jump, did not – pockets management was really bad. Not to say the offensive line, you know, played an A-plus game by any means, but I really think Minshew made the offensive line look a lot worse than they could have been, a lot worse than it would have been certainly with Jalen Hurts in there. So, you know, I think, you know, Driscoll's a little bit closer to being average than terrible. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, and, and Gardner did play. I mean, that was – that was a – this, I broke one of my rules, Brandon. I said, I never, I think, you know, it's a cliche, but it's true. Quarterbacks get too much credit when you win, too much blame when you lose. Not in this case. I mean, this was a Gardner, a Gardner loss. He was just terrible. Um, Jack Triscoll had some issues with Cam Jordan, but Cam Jordan's mm-hmm. a good player. Right. Uh, a, a very good player. Now, to Jody's point, the Giants have some, you know, for the first time in a long time, the Giants have some at least talented edge players. Now, I don't think Ojolari is even going to – they're going to touch yeah. the field. Yeah. But no, I don't know. Um, but, you know, the concerning thing with me, with Lane Johnson, is we all know he's going to try to play. Mm-hmm. Can he finish? Can he finish mm-hmm. in the playoffs? And here's my bigger concern. The fact that they know that Lane's going to try to play – I think is the reason they haven't done the shuffle. And but mm-hmm. the shuffle I mean is put Jordan on the right side and put Andre Dillard in at left tackle. I think that's their best five without mm-hmm. Lane Johnson. But they weren't going to do it because you don't want to mess with Jordan Mailata if you don't have to. You don't want to yeah. mess with him for two weeks. Is that is that sort of a catch twenty two? Because uh, I'm a little concerned about that. Yeah, it's a it's a tough um, evaluation. I I generally I think subscribe to you want to change as few. I know people talk about best five, but you know that's also best five in a vacuum. It's not necessarily you know because you have to yeah, consider. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think my lotta is significantly I'm not going to say like bad, but I don't Jordan my at right tackle is not the same thing as Jordan my at left tackle. I don't think that's the same exact player. I think you're getting a downgraded version of Jordan my at that stage. And I think there's value in keeping as many offensive line spots the same for continuity as you can. So going for that one for one, um, I think is generally the good strategy. And again, I don't think 
Driscoll, you, you know, it, it's it's tough. He's in a tough spot because when you're going in for Lane Johnson, even if you play decent, yeah, you're yeah. going to look a lot worse because it's Lane yeah. Johnson. He's one of the best tackles in the NFL. So it's a big drop off, even if it's to a good player or a decent player. So I think that doesn't really do Derek Driscoll any favors um, just by comparison. But yeah, I, I think they're going to go with this format. I mean, whenever you ask Nick Sirianni about Jack Driscoll, you know, I think he has nothing but good. And it's not like he's going to throw him under the bus, but it seems like the read is that they, they well, believe he loves, in him. He, he loves yeah. Jack legitimately. Yeah. He loves yeah. him as a player. All right. Uh, BLG, another kind of hypothetical question. Um, let's back it up two weeks ago before the Dallas game. We know what the Eagles needed to do to procure uh, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. We also know it didn't happen. But if that, at, the, at that time, with win one game out of your last three, the pressure on the Philadelphia Eagles was X. Mm-hmm. It is now X plus because they've lost two games and we're down to a final uh, case scenario, got to beat the Giants or hope someone else falls flat on their face for you. Whatever that plus is, mm-hmm. it's added pressure. Is that more of a bad thing or a good thing in preparation for the playoffs? I mean, it's a bad thing that they needed to get to this point. They shouldn't have had yeah, two chances to, to get to a week 18 game where it didn't mean anything for you. And, you know, you could have tried to Jalen Hurts out there for maybe a drive or two. You could have treated it like a preseason game. You could have been playing Janarius Robinson and Ian Book. And Trey Sermon, you could have gotten them some some reps in this game, um, and just kind of cruised a little bit to to end the season. So it, it's already a failure to some extent that you did not lock up the number one seed by now. I thought you should have really didn't have to win both the Cowboys game and the Saints game, but you had you really had to win one of them. I mean, you entered the Saints game as again like six and a half point favorites at home. You should be able to find a way to win, even if it wasn't pretty. Got to find a way to win that one. You just scored 10 points. That's not good enough. Um, so yeah. it already is some kind of, you know, failure that they're here. Um, but again, I think it, it resets. You know, that's that's maybe it's a cliche that people want to talk about once the postseason starts. It's a whole new ball game. But it really is. I mean, we saw that again with the Eagles in um, 2017 when they made the playoffs. Things were not looking good at the end of the season. Yeah. You get into the playoffs. Things are a little testy against the Falcons, of course. But after that, they really found their groove. And, you know, after the championship game, it was pretty clear that, oh, this team is, like, going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. So, you know, things there's are quick. There's a butterfly effect to everything, Brandon, and the fact that, you know, the Eagles playing that poorly at, at, at the start of making the change back in 2017, that's when Doug Peterson said, all right, let's scrap this. Let's build around what Nick is comfortable, told John DiFilippo, Frank Reich to – essentially rebuild the offense, which you don't see. And all of a sudden the Eagles go on this historic run. So Mm -hmm. it's, you know, things can happen in weird ways at certain times, but you're right. It's a failure. I wanted to be watching Trey Sermon at one o'clock on Sunday. So it screwed me. It screwed you. We (laughs) we wanted to get out of there in week 18. However, they have to win this game. Uh, last one for me, since we haven't talked much about the defense, and follow Brandon at Brandon Gowton on Twitter, bleedinggreennation.com, editor-in-chief. Um, it, you had the Eagles breaking the all-time sack record back in the preseason, didn't you? That was the most obvious prediction <laughs> possible. Uh, what? But you know, because you, you have a lot of fan interaction at mm-hmm. Bleeding Green, 
people still can't stand Jonathan Gannon. They're <laughs> going to break the NFL sack record. They have the number one ranked defense in the NFL. Granted, not the advancement, mm-hmm. but nonetheless. What, what more could you possibly want? <laughs> I think it's, it's, it is frustrating. I'm, I'm certainly not someone who is saying Jonathan Gannon should be fired because that's, you know, you're not giving the defense and him enough credit at that point. Now, with that said, I think there is a fair question to be asked. To what extent does Jonathan Gannon maximize the talent he's been given? I think when we talk about defense's improvement from last year to this year, I don't think if we're like dividing up, you know, percentages of who is to credit. I mean, I think Howie Roseman deserves a big chunk of that. And that's coming from me, a guy who's been very critical of Howie Roseman in the past. I think the talent that the Eagles have on this defense, which is, I don't even know off the top of my head, but it's multiple pro bowlers and multiple pro bowl alternates. You know, I think the talent is a big factor here. And now, okay, you can say, well, Jonathan Gannon is helping to maximize the talent. And there's some truth in that for sure. Um, But it's just, I get, you know, you, you can understand the frustration from a standpoint of knowing and feeling are two different things. And you know, when you look at a lot of these metrics and the results that the defense is good, but the feeling of watching Andy Dalton and Taysom Hill go 15 of 15 in the first half is not a good feeling. So those, those two things, I think there's, you know, you have to reconcile that. And I think that's where some of the frustration comes from. All right. Uh, we had uh, Pat Leonard on yesterday who covers the giants for the New York daily news. And he basically came out and said it. The giants don't like the Eagles. The Giants don't like the fact that they got their ass kicked by the Eagles just they three weeks ago. They always get their ass kicked by the Eagles. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah right. There's more to it. History is history. Uh, most recent history, long-term history. The, the, the history that matters the most is three weeks ago, 48 to 22, okay? So there are some guys who will be playing in the game because, as John correctly points out, you can't sit everybody. There are no COVID exceptions Everybody wants to compare to what the Eagles did in week 18 last year. That Hopefully that never happens again. The Eagles used a loophole to take advantage like no yeah. other team ever had before. No players. And, yeah, and no might players. not be uh, able to do again in the future. So there are going to be giants out there that were part of getting their rear ends handed to them by the Eagles two weeks ago. Hmm. We like to think the giants don't care about the outcome of this game because they got a uh, eye on the future and playoffs. But do you think human nature sneaks in here? That the Giants players who did get abused, who, oh, by the way, since that game, Giants have been good. They played uh-huh. their way into the playoffs. The Eagles have gone backwards, mostly because of Jalen Hurts' injury, but they've gone backwards. Do you think maybe some Giant players are going to be a little bit more motivated than everybody thinks come Sunday? Well, yeah, I don't think effort's going to be an issue for the Giants. They've been pretty good about that all year. I mean, let me take this back to the process Sixers for a little bit. And, you know, they were yeah. a terrible team all the yeah. way back in the day. But and they, and they lost a lot. But they played teams tough a lot of the time, or at least proportions yeah. of the game, because they had guys on young deals who were unproven, who really wanted to, you know, prove themselves in the NBA. And I think, you know, you're going to get some similar things here with the Giants who, you know, you're going to have guys who might not be normally getting playing time who are going to want to prove they deserve more playing time, if not for the Giants, another team. So I I expect the effort to certainly be there. I think it at the end of the day just comes down to a talent issue and, you know, effort might not be enough when the talent kind of just outdoes them. And obviously I think the Eagles are, should be at least playing with a lot of effort as well. Given People forget. Yeah. I always say, you know, BLG players don't tank organizations right. tank. Exactly. And, yes. and you saw at the beginning of the process, 
the Sixers were a little bit too good. People forget at the <laughs> beginning. Right. And then Sam had to trade off some more players because <laughs> right. they were winning a few too many games. So players try, man. And mm-hmm. especially players who don't get to play. I mean, they want to yes. they want to ball out more than anybody else. So mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you. Effort will not be the problem. Talent will be the problem mm-hmm. for the Giants on Sunday. BLG, it's always fun when you jump in with us. We appreciate your insight. Enjoy the game on Sunday. Thanks for jumping in. We'll have you on during the playoffs too, bud. Sounds good. Thanks, That man. is Brandon Lee Gowton of uh, Bleeding Green Nation here with us on Birds 365. All right, there's a reason why I asked that question. Um, you brought it up earlier. It, 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 I think you called it controversial that Vegas at times, and when I say Vegas, I hope everyone knows I'm referring to all potential wagering sites for putting money down on the outcome of a national football league game. It's not just Vegas. I I pick up my phone. It's right here. Um, You can get your action in rather easily anywhere you happen to be sitting. Um, I don't know about 14 points, John, this week. I'm going to get a pick That's a out big of you number. Here. That is a big, big, big number. I would not – first of all, I got to tell I'm not, I'm not the betting expert. You are far more betting expert than me. But week 18 is a week in the NFL that if I were a better, I would steer clear of. I would steer clear of uh, because there are, are so many teams that are tanking so many teams that don't want to win, uh, so many teams that that decide, you know, the draft pick. And this has changed a lot in recent years. And Sam Hankey, we're bringing up Sam too much. A uh, big part of that throughout entire sports. Now, I talk about it all the time with the Eagles. The Eagles were so good, and people are talking about the future. I'm like, I, I say it all the time. They broke Philadelphia in a little bit from a future standpoint. Um you know, but when you're a bad team and, you know, as a Jets fan, you know, during the Trevor Lawrence year, the Jets, I forget who they beat late in the season and they shifted away. They, they lost the first. Oh yeah. They uh, could the have number one they, overall they, pick. W- w- with two weeks ago, they had the number one overall pick. Yeah. And, and they won a game and it, you know, look at how that worked out and, and Trevor's starting to turn into what we all thought uh, Trevor was going to be. Um, and the Jets are struggling along with Zach Wilson. They have a very difficult decision there. Um, not difficult for, not for me, for you, Jody, but no. um, difficult for them. Yeah. I mean, I, I would stay away from week 18. That that's a big number. And I, I think the Eagles are going to beat that number, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on it. So you do think they're going to beat that number. You think it'll be when push comes to shove and, yeah, we, we, we do this here every week on Birds 365. We break it down into tiny minutia. And then there's a final score, and you can just evaluate the final score, but you got to get through it and how you get there and how they play and everything else. I'm only asking you. I'm not asking you to give me a uh, a book-filled review, preview of the game like the NFL did with playoff scenarios for you guys yesterday. Uh, no, ridiculous. all I need out of you is a final score, McMullen. Give it to me. Eagles-Giants, how's yeah, it going to end? I had a 31-16 game, so just barely. And I wasn't even thinking about the spread. Um, yeah, I think they're going to win relatively easily. But, yeah, I would steer clear of Week 18 in the NFL just as a policy, uh, a, a blanket policy. Um too many hinky things going on. Hinky used in a different term. 
Yes. I, okay, I got you. Um, yeah, no, see, I think it's going to be closer than that. The Giants, despite the fact that they're probably going to sit Daniel Jones, they got a pretty good backup in Tyrod Taylor, a legitimate borderline starting quarterback in the league that not everybody has. And the Giants are moving on. They're going to play in the playoffs. Unlike the Eagles last year who were doing the same thing, who brought up their JV to play the game like no one else. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Never has in the history of the National Football League. It may never do again. So if you want to use that as your balancing act to say, oh, well, the Eagles uh, went uh, in the tank, yeah. even though they had a playoff game coming. No, 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 no. This is unlike that, what the Giants are going to do. The Giants have been playing well. There's no Lane Johnson this week for the Eagles. Uh, we don't know about Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. If I'm a betting man, I'm betting against him playing this week. And we got no idea what Jalen's coming back at. If Jalen's coming back. There's a possibility you may get Gardner Minshew week three. I you know, yeah, I, you're right. And, and you know, one thing I haven't brought up is, the, and, and you can ask Barrett about that. Uh, and I want to and, 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 uh, request to ask Barrett, Jody, about Jack Driscoll and, you know, the best spot. Well, I'll and, ask him, yeah. Um, but does the fact that the John it's pretty clear you know pat leonard our buddy but everybody else in new york as well has you know john's are going to rest a bunch of players it's clear it's clear um does that change the eagles thinking at all you know do they no, start you to just think, told me they prep for the starters that's what no. the, the, the coordinators told you yesterday they're prepping for the starters. no 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 i'm not talking about that i'm talking about with the health of jalen hurts in other words and this is just this is not me saying it in other words, did they say, oh, you know, they're not going to play anybody. We can give Jalen more rest. I'm not talking about game prep. I'm talking about I'm talking about health-wise. Can we afford to give him? Because remember, when this all started, I was a firm belief that you were not going to see Jalen Hurts until the, the divisional round of the playoffs because I thought the Eagles would clinch. And I know I got to get out of here. Um I thought they would clinch and you would have that flexibility to give them the extra rest. Well, they're out of mulligans. Yeah. But does the giants saying, uh, we're going to wave the white, but does that have them rethinking here? Would so be mull my, that one over. Here would be my answer to your question. Did they not have that thought process working against the Saints last week? No, because I don't think he was ready last week. I think it's much more. I think it's much closer. And again, I give you the, the, the fact he wasn't in install, the fact that he didn't do the ball security drills tells me he wasn't cleared for contact. Um, I don't think he was ready last week. So I don't think, I don't think it was about that this week. I think it's legitimate. He's not a hundred percent, but I think it's legitimate. He'll get cleared by the doctors, but you know, right. If the but Giants I'm, were playing, I'm, I'm cutting to the quick here. The reason why they would do that this week is, well, we can win the game without Jalen. So we're not exactly. putting it. Yeah. Exactly. Did they not believe they could win the game without Jalen last yes, week? They did. 
Yes, then they that's did. why I would but I would Saints, be very tentative in going down that road again of, yeah, you know, we might not even need you. Oh, yeah, you need Jalen. If Jalen can play, if Jalen's ready to go, get him in there, get a 14-0 lead, then get his rear end off the field. But don't go the – yeah, we can probably get by without well, him. Well, the only – that and not I, for two and weeks by the Friday. way, this is devil's advocate thing. I don't think this is going to happen. I'm just throwing it out there. Uh, the difference is the Saints are playing the starters. The Giants aren't. So, you know, the Saints have flaws, but they were playing their starters, trying to win the game, playing really good. They got Marshawn Lattimore back who won the game. Um, very good player. Giants are playing backups or, or going to play the majority of backups. So All that's right. the only so reason. That's Here's it. the key question for John McMullen. Who's a better quarterback, Andy Dalton or Tyrod Taylor? Nah, uh, I'm not an Andy Dalton fan, but Andy Dalton is is a better quarterback. Than Did I write Taylor? Taylor? Okay, yeah. just checking because I yeah I know you're not an Andy Dalton fan. No. Either no. way, uh, we shall see this week. All right, J Mac, uh, have a good time over there at the Novacare Complex. I will talk to you on Monday. And man, it could be somber if the Eagles don't. Oh, win that, win this nothing game. to worry about. Uh, no, uh, yeah. Johnny Sunshine, is that you? No. Well, I would. I'd love to talk about a loss. I'll rip them to high heaven, but uh, I don't expect to be talking about a loss. I thought Johnny Sunshine was our buddy Clark, not McMullen. Yeah, Clark. No, Clark no worries is, uh... with the Eagles. You heard him say that, Eagle fan. For those yeah. of you who think McMullen is too negative, he Johnny Sunshine. He's basically locked. Well, it's up funny. I'm, I'm I'm too negative to half the fan base, and I'm 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 an Eagles apologist to the other half. You can't win, Jody. Exactly. John uh, McMullen here with me. He'll be back on. Monday. All right. Coming back next, we've got the big B, double B. Barrett Brooks going to step in for Johnny Mac and take us through the second hour here on Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. 
But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. A Sunday matchup between the Giants and the Eagles here on Bir- uh, Birds 365. Johnny Mac needs to get over uh, here from Coach Sirianni. So I am lucky enough to get Barrett Brooks subbing in. <laughs> Talk about strength off the bench. Talk about depth. We got Big B, Barrett Brooks, joining us. How you been, Big B? Good, man. Good morning. Good morning. And number one, um, I think I'll play a lot better than Jack Driscoll right now. So I'll be oh, a wingman, all right? Thank Just... you very much for that. So you heard uh, Johnny Mac and I talking there. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. We, we will go there first. And I almost feel bad asking you this question because Barrett does a great job, not only for us here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel, but NBC Sports uh, Philly uh, as well. Um but I'm sorry. I look at you, big man, and you're a former offensive lineman in the National Football League. That That's my number one Barrett Brooks thought. You are what you are. And and therefore, I'm needing your expertise on the offensive line in the NFL since you can say, been there, done that. Not me, not Johnny Mack, <laughs> not anybody else here. You're the only one who can do that. Um, yeah, how bad was Jack Driscoll last week. Now, I'm not writing him off for his entire career. I'm just analyzing the 60 minutes of football against the Saints last week. He was not good, was he? It was just overmatched. Um, Jordan gave him more than he could handle. And, it, you know, just looking at it, it's not all his fault. You know, if you know, if you know your player is outmatched in a position, you got to send you got to send somebody over to help him. You got to do something to help this guy out. And they didn't help him out. Probably to like you know, mid to, to 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 early third quarter. And by then, you know what I'm saying, his whole psyche's gone, you know, because you're asking you're asking him to go out there and block one-on-one against one of the better defensive ends in the league, number one. Number two, I understand why they did it, because that's how they run their offense. They're so used to having two guys on the outside that can handle their own that they don't have to call plays to help them. So when you have a Lane Johnson and Jordan Malata, when they had JP out there, when they had Big V out there, those guys could play on their own. They could they could do whatever they wanted to do on their own, and you wouldn't have to worry about it. It's just like, you know, with Lane Johnson, it's almost like, remember Darrell Revis, one of the best corners in the league. They used to call him Revis Island. Well, hey, you know, Lane Johnson has his own island over there also. So you could just put him over there and not worry about whoever he's going against. If they have the best defensive end in the league, playing over Lane Johnson, you're still not worried about him. You're still going to let him play and not send a chip or a tight or anything else. You can move and slot the line other places. 
Well, they didn't do that. They didn't slide the line to him. They didn't send a chipper his way. Not to like, you know, they really had to in the third quarter. And by then, Jack Driscoll was at a point like, he like, damn, you know, you, you can at least kiss me. You ain't even kissing me right now. You know what I'm saying? You just you just put me out there all alone. So it's, it's, you can call a better game. You can you can do you know do something to to help promote his strengths. He's a great run blocker. So run yep. block, run the ball. Right, and I don't think they ran it enough. I think there was plenty of blame to go around. Jack didn't have a good day, but there was plenty of blame to go around with the Eagles scoring only 10 points, seven of which came on one big play. Now, it's a nice throw by Gardner. It was a great play by A.J. I don't want to downplay that 78-yard touchdown, but that was it. They got the end zone once on one play. So, overall, the Eagles' offense did struggle against the Saints. I, uh, I asked this of Ross Tucker, who we had on as a guest, or I had on as a guest on uh, WIP with me um, prior to the uh, Saints game. So let me run it by you. I said, I thought this was before the Eagles made it official that Jack Dressel was just going to get plugged. They'd be plugged in for Lane Johnson for the game. Um, I said, maybe the Eagles should go down the road of listen, Jack, it's your job until it's not. And no full well, you're going to be graded this week. And if uh, the grade doesn't come back high enough, we're going to go in another direction. Uh, we're going to move my lot over and, and plug Dillard in to, to try and put the test to him, put some pressure on him to see if he can live up to that pressure. And the response I got was, no, 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 I do the exact opposite, Jody. Throw your arms around him. Tell him he's the greatest. Uh, show him complete and utter confidence, try and lift him up rather than put him under a microscope. I would have gotten microscope. Ross, a former offensive lineman in the National Football League, much like yourself, had a different view. So, of course, I second-guessed myself. Are you going to tell me again like Ross did? I got no idea what I'm talking about. Or uh, <laughs> was I actually onto something? Because now the results are in. And the results didn't go too well if they went down the road of you, the man, Jack Driscoll. He didn't have much of a game. Perhaps should they have handled it differently last week? A lot. I mean, I'm under the impression that you want your best five out on the field, you know, no matter what. And it, I thought that we were going to have the game already. I mean, uh, we're going to have the, you know, the position locked up where we're the number one seed and we're going to be okay. We're still banking on Lane being in the playoffs. I mean, what he has his injury is a core injury. And you can play with that injury. He's getting the proper rest right now. But what if? What if he goes in and can't go? And now you have to rely on Jack Driscoll. I don't want to rely on Jack Driscoll. I want to put my five blessed offensive, uh, best offensive alignment on the field. And Jordan Malata moving to the right side and Diller playing is the better of the offensive lines. That was that would to me that makes more sense. Because he didn't, you know, everybody goes, oh, no, you're weakening, you're weakening um, two positions. That are, No, you're not weakening two positions because Jordan Malata playing right tackle is better than Jack Driscoll, 100%. Jordan Malata is way better than him. And Dillard is way better than Jack Driscoll. If you make – the only thing that would, what worries me about Dillard is Dillard, if you put him in there like during a game where he's coming in, he might be spotty then. But if you start him, he plays at a high level. If he knows he's the starter, he prepares himself like a starter. He plays at a high level. And I think that's what you needed to do going into this playoff just in case because you want your best five on the field when you're in the playoff race. So you move him now. That he that way Jordan's used to playing the right side because it, it takes you a little bit, you know what I'm saying, to, to get accustomed to moving, you know, 
having your hemisphere go from the left side to the right side and the mechanics go from the left side to the right side. He's done it his entire career with the exception of this year and last year. He did it two years before. He played right side for the most part. Have him over there now. Just get him prepped now because when you get in the playoffs, you're playing against the best of the best. You know, you're not playing against slouches anymore. So you can't have a slouch out there. And I just really think that Jack Driscoll is going to be outmatched whoever he plays against because you saw that. They put Jordan on his side. And and he played the, the over the uh, left tackle all season. But against us, he played on, on the right side, and he beat up on, on Jack Driscoll. That's what teams are going to do, put their best pass rush on that side. And what makes this even more difficult, it's not difficult, it's a good thing, but uh, our debate as to how the Eagles should have handled it last week, should have handled this. Everybody's hoping Lane's back next week. We're all believing Lane's going to be back for the playoffs, but we don't know that either. It just crossed your fingers. He didn't have the surgery, so we know and that's, that's what it. he's attempting to do. Yes, that, and that's it, Jody, right there. We don't know if he's going to be able to come back. So why not put your best product out on the field right now? Get him accustomed to playing there right now. That's why it didn't make much sense to me. You know, I, I, I understand, you know, people think, you know, Dillard is not the toughest guy in the world, but he's not the worst guy in the world either. He could start for half the teams in the NFL. There may be a little bias, you know, in that um, with the coaching staff, like, all right, this kid can't play. Well, he plays well enough when you give him the encouragement. He's one of those guys, you got to give him a couple of data boys. You know what I'm saying? Data boy, there you go. You know, he needs that positive reinforcement. You talking about positive reinforcement? He needs that. He needs to be coddled. But once okay. you do that to him, he plays at a higher rate. He plays at a higher level. All right, I caught you on uh, NBC Sports Philly this morning uh, doing your AM analysis. And a uh, guy you talked up pretty good was CJ GJ. Um, Get him in there. Gardner Johnson. Much like Lane Johnson, we know what we think, but we should also know that we know nothing. Right, uh, right. It's all speculation at this point. You were talking about pretty good. Can be back, can play in the slot, not a problem, natural position. You got inside info or are you just wishful thinking too? Well, I mean, look at the reports. You know, he didn't have a limited practice. He was a full participant. So that's, you, if he's a full participant, that means he can play. Do you play him now? Well, he had five weeks rest. He didn't play for the last five weeks. Put him in there, see where he is. We need to win this game, regardless of, of, of putting in starters and everything else. You look what Dallas did last year against us. They played their starters all the way halfway through the uh, middle of the third quarter. We can't play around. We've got to win this game. It's got to be no question who the better team is on Sunday. We need to totally devastate them and, and, and Debo them because we got to get that momentum going back into the playoffs. We need that momentum back. We've lost the last two games. And momentum is, is what you need going into the playoffs to keep things going. These guys need to get that, that pep back in their step. That They need that encouragement to be a better team going into the playoffs. You need to be playing your best football right now, and they're not playing their best football. So why not play guys in there and get them? With, I don't care if they're playing my son and, 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 and my aunt and my, and my uncle out there who are 60 and 70 years old. You just got to totally dominate them. You know what I'm saying? You got to beat up on them. You know what I'm saying? Little sisters of the four, you got to beat up on them. Whoever's on the field, you got to beat up on them. Sure, but you're not, you're outclassed because you got to get that mindset going in to totally dominate people. That's how you win Super Bowls. All right. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be the biggest question mark when Sunday starts, whether he plays, how long he's going to play. And a key aspect that, again, we're talking about speculation here, we can't possibly know. 
Uh, I got John's feeling on it. Got Brendan Lee when he was on with us, and I need yours too. Jalen Hurts and the way he plays the game. The Eagles want to need want to win this game. They kind of need to win this game, but they also have to protect Jalen Hurts, kind of from himself, that he is a running quarterback, and the Eagles are very thankful that he's the running quarterback he is because it what's it's part of what makes Jalen Jalen, which is an MVP level quarterback. But more importantly is the fact that Jalen comes out of this game Sunday healthy and capable of quarterbacking the next week in the more important game, the playoffs. Jalen is both a very football IQ, smart football player, but he's also a very instinctive player. And he's also a very um, belief in himself type player. And he knows how uh, capable he is of running and what kind of plays he can make with his legs. Um, can he just switch the dial and narrow focus and, uh, go quickly, more quickly to a slide than trying to make plays? How much faith do you have that Jalen Hurts, with guidance from his coaching staff, can play an adjusted game this week to get the results he needs, but also put himself in less of a harm's way? Total confidence in him. Okay, I mean, I, I, I total con. Jalen is not going to hurt himself. He understands his worth to this team. He understands the value that he brings to this team. He sees how the office is running with him not being in there. So he's going to make sure that he's going to protect himself um, at every turn. Uh, but you know, you are going to get some knuckleheads that are going to try to, you know, do something crazy because you know they're they're young, dumb, and 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 they uh they want to make a name for themselves. You know, oh, uh, and you know, oh, by the way. The Giants have one of those guys. His name is Kayvon Thibodeau. Yeah, you know, he's uh, making snow who, angels. Who did you know the saying, snow no angels snow. when Nick Foles was on the ground two feet away from him and then got to the sidelines and gave the I put Nick Foles the sleep sign. Yeah, they've got the exact guy you're describing on the Giants defense Absolutely. Line right now. So, you know, you have to be smart. We have to understand that what Jalen Hurts' worth is also. But I, we need this game in the worst way. It's imperative that we get this bye week. To, so everybody else can get healthy also. He will protect himself enough. We we are the better team. We are the most dominant team the, um, the, the Giants are going to play. So we got to show that. And, you know, why not just hand the ball off? What Jalen Hurts brings to the table, his ability to run the ball. So if that's a little slight second that this team, that the defense has to worry about what he's going to do, is all you need for this run game to open up. That's what they've been missing the past two weeks. When you have when you have a quarterback that's slow as pond water back there that I could probably beat in a 40-yard dash, you're not you're not stressing the defense. You're not putting them in a position where they have to worry about you running. They knew that, you know, Garner Mitchell couldn't turn the corner on them, but they know that Jalen Hurts can. And when you have that type of presence on the field, it makes that defense open up and and and, and bring an extra guy in the box. That way the passing game will open up and can throw it outside. But you got to run the ball efficiently first. And you can do that with Jalen Hurts on the field. I have one other uh, injury issue that uh, we've absolutely undersold this week. And shame on me. And I'll say shame on everybody else in the Philadelphia media. And I understand why that's the case. The Eagles have four guys on the roster this year who already, before week 17, have double-digit sacks, and you've got the newbie in Hassan Reddick, 
Yes, I was uh, lamenting the Eagles not signing a year before. We went to the Carolina <laughs> Panthers three. I was here on Birds 365 going, bring the homeboy home. Get the Temple kid I back remember. here. I remember. Yeah, I remember. So, uh, and I was saying, I was saying, I don't know. Is he a linebacker? Is he a defensive He's a defensive end. You were like, he could do it all. Just get him here. I remember it. We went, you know, we, we bantered a bit back yes, a little bit about uh, it. So I've, I've taken a couple victory laps on that one. Uh, but he's a new guy. So he's getting his credit for it as well he should. Javon Hargrave, you, unless your name's Aaron Donald, you don't get double-digit sack from the defensive tackle position. I don't oh, know. he did. Yep. So that kind of stands out like a sore thumb. So we talk about it a lot. We give him a lot of props for it. BG's BG. He's coming back from the uh, season-long injury. Don't know what he's got left in the tank. Damn if he doesn't get double-digit sacks. Damn if he isn't <laughs> the veteran leader on his team. Damn if he's one of the most popular guys in the town of Philadelphia. So he's going to get his hose on us. And then there's Josh Sweat. And he kind of flies under the radar as the double-digit sack guy because he's not the new guy. He's not BG. He's not a defensive tackle. Oh, by the way, Joshua, a very key element of the Eagles' pass rush, and they're not going to have him this week. And if you tell me Robert Quinn's going to step in and you're not going to miss a beat, I'm going to ask you what the hell you're smoking. Uh, it's, it's a pretty significant loss for the Eagles. Why haven't we talked about it as much as it could be? Well, you know what, Jody, you're absolutely right, man. You hit the head on the nail because we're gonna ask we're gonna ask a guy that's thirty, you know, was how old is thirty four years old, BG, to play significantly more reps now on the outside because you you know Sweat's not there. Sweat and Hassan Reddick got something going on right now. You know what I'm saying they got a little they got a little man crush with each other trying to get to the quarterback. You know, so they're trying to beat each other there, and that 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 type of of, of of you know where they're trying to compete to get there is the reason why they're so good at getting to the quarterback. Hassan is opening up everything for everybody else, but Sweat is also opening up stuff for 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 Hassan. And those both of those guys going back and forth, being so competitive, has allowed this team to reap the benefits of it. Now we got to tie that front end to the back end, you know, get those guys going. But you're right, man. Sweat not being there is one less issue that an offensive coordinator has to worry about. So you're going to see a lot more double teams and chippers on the side where Hassan Reddick is. Now, it may open up more for BG to eat. He might have a better game because of it. And, oh, I couldn't honestly be uh, worth my, you know, worth my salt as an analyst if I said Robert Quinn was going to come in and play well. Come on now. I mean, I can't do that, man. You know what I'm saying? I know a little bit about what I'm talking about, so I can't say that, you know. But I will say this. Remember what happened last year in the playoff game? A guy that didn't—he didn't—I think he registered one tackle, oh, three tackles the entire season. Comes in and gets two sacks on Brady in the playoff game. How yes. does that happen? You know what I'm saying? But I'm not gonna say Robert Quinn's gonna do that. But <clears throat> he's got to show me something, man. He's got to do something, man. You know what I'm saying? Just to keep the rotation going. You know, he just can't be just a body sitting out there. And and yeah, maybe he does pull a Kerrigan-like uh, appearance. Oh, that's his name. Yeah, Kerrigan. Yeah, yeah. yeah Ryan Kerrigan. <laughs> you're right. He Too was sad. MI his his face was on milk cartons here in Philadelphia. <laughs> he was missing an action for basically the entire season. Then in a uh losing effort, he did make a couple plays against the uh Bucks and Brady in the postseason game. So maybe maybe we can get that out of Robert Quinn again as well. 
uh, yeah, I would not bet on it. If I were a betting man, <laughs> which I am, I would not bet on him stepping in and going us, uh, having us go, Josh, who sweat, right? What? We, we got Quinn. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not banking on that. All right. Uh, you haven't given us your take yet on how the Giants are going to handle their business. Uh, and if you're an Eagle fan going, oh, who is this Giant fan thinking, coach think he is? Why don't, won't tell us what he's like? Well, Nick Sirianni does the same exact thing. We've been doing this all year here in Philadelphia. Teams like to keep information to themselves and not share it with the fans and most importantly, the opponent. So Brian Dayball, the coach of the Giants, is not committed to anything as far as playing time goes for his players, stars or otherwise. I can't blame him because if I did, then I'd have to blame Nick Sirianni every week because they do that. Um, I get it. It's annoying, but they're going to do it anyway. So you got to learn to live with it. How do you think Dable's going to handle it? When push comes to shove, 1 o'clock on Sunday, Daniel Jones out there starting for the Giants at quarterback? Um, I, I don't think so. Even though Dable's a young, relatively young coach as far as being a head coach, you know, I've, evidently there's something, you know, because, you know, Vegas. Vegas is so in tune with all that type of stuff. And somebody says something to Vegas because they have a 14-point line. Yep. Of course, Saquon's not playing. Of course, Daniel Jones not playing. And, you know, Tyrod Taylor, is he somebody that you have to fear? Not necessarily. I can't see them playing anybody worth their salt in the game on the offensive side of the ball. Defense is a little bit different. Wink Martindale, he, he's going to want to still light it up a little bit. I bet he still plays Kayvon and those young guys. But as for everybody else, you know, I, I can't see him going out there and, and really playing guys and, and, and risking them getting hurt with, you know, since they're already locked in at a spot. The Eagles have a little more invested. They have, you know, this is the number one spot. This is a bye week. They need to make sure that they solidify this game and wrap everything up. So we'll have all hands going. Um, they won't play as long or play as much. Once they get up, they'll pull them out as they should. But I don't I don't think that uh I don't think that you know they they have anybody on the offensive side of the ball that's worth their salt playing. I just can't see it. All right, one last question before we gotta get a break in here. You just mentioned uh they'll at some point and you're talking about the eagles uh probably follow the giants lead and get some guys off the field the biggest one of course is jalen hurts but uh, others can fall into that category as well aj brown Devontae smith uh miles sanders i guarantee you comes out because miles is not 100 percent to begin with and the eagles yeah. have played the other guys at running back as well so miles would almost be a, a non-factor. Goddard is a guy who's somewhat the best. Do, do you, Goddard just coming back from injury, does he need the reps or do you need to protect him? Uh, so that that one I think is interesting. Yeah. What's the lead? What's the score where you say, all right, we're, we got this. It's in our back pocket. At okay. what point, time left in the game, how many points do the Eagles need to be? If it was, hey, either in or out, which we know it's not. You can pull one or two guys. You can pull all of them. You, they, they, there are no rules here. The, the coaching staff is making it up as they go along. But just generally speaking, what's the number and the time left that you would say, all right, the Eagles can start to take some of their starters out and uh, give them rest and or protection from injury? What what two touchdowns and a field goal two touchdowns? I mean, I think I think will be kind of safe. Um, they might go out there and just say, "All right, I'm 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 going by reps or 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 a half." You know, what I'm saying whether up or down. You know, either way it goes. 
but uh it, it this this is that's that's definitely tough you know do you do you risk having your guys out there uh for an elongated period of times if you're not scoring if if it's not working that's something they got to worry about but that's something they got to worry about because their offense isn't working especially playing against the guys they're going to be playing against it's imperative they get up early i think they're going to really get up early i think they'll be done uh before halftime before right. halftime before halftime, so you think it'll be enough to <clears throat> scores? Let's see. Were the Eagles ever ever up by fourteen points against the Cowboys? No, they didn't get up by fourteen. I was going to say some teams have shown the capability of coming back. Now I don't know about the Tyrod Taylor led Giant offense coming back from down fourteen points. So you might be right. That could be the number if they get up by double uh, no, two touchdowns. Tyrod's not as he's not as athletic as uh as Daniel Jones also. So. Even though he's pretty good, he's not he's not a real running quarterback. He's a you know drop back passer. So he'll be there. You know what I'm saying? He'll be there. You know, so they they're they want to keep him in the box, make sure they keep him, you know, in the, within the framework and, and, and rush him accordingly. You know, this could be a really, really short time the starters will be in there. Yeah, but that's one of the things I do remember from the previous Giants Eagles meeting. Tyrod yes. Taylor actually making a play with his legs, pulled the ball down, took off, and he looked Daniel Jones light. That hasn't <laughs> been his career, but he did do it against the Eagles subs because uh, I just asked you, when can you pull the guys out? Oh, they had done that that week up in New York. They got a big enough lead that a couple of guys got off the field on both offense and defense for the right. And Tyrod did take off and make a play. All right, Jody Mack with uh, Barrett Brooks here on Birds 365 leading into the Giants and the Eagles on Sunday. We'll be right back with more Eagles-Giants analysis. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio. Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. 
Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Appreciate you screaming in here on Bird 365 on a football Friday. That's not John McMullen. You, you should notice that. There's <laughs> a difference between he and uh, my co-host this hour. Barrett Brooks sitting in for Johnny Mack, who had to run over to uh, Eagleville for a uh, Sirianni press conference. So I'm lucky enough to get Barrett to sit in with me. Um, I want to ask about pressure in a second, Barrett, uh, as a former player and dealing with the transition from regular season pressure to postseason pressure. Uh, but before we do that, I want to put you uh, in the hot seat, uh, give you a quickie quiz. Um, Eagles Giants just four weeks ago played and the Eagles won 48-22. Uh, who was the leading giant rusher that day? I think it was Daniel Jones, wasn't it? No. Take was another it? guess. Uh, was it that rookie running back, uh, the young running back? I know because I know we held we held Saquon uh like right around thirty yards. When, right. Uh, uh, I don't know who it was. I, I'll give you the guy. Matt Breida ran it three times for six yards. <laughs> Gary Brightwell, who was the young running back you were talking about, made a couple plays. As a matter of fact, five times for twenty three yards. Daniel Jones carried it four times for twenty six yards. Saquon Barkley carried it nine times for 28 yards. Damn good. Just over three yards per carry. And the leading rusher with 40 yards in two attempts, Tyrod Taylor, went <laughs> off on a 34-yard run. And his other 32-yard run, his other one was for eight yards. So he actually, he led the Giants. Tyrod Taylor led the Giants in rushing the last time the Eagles and the Giants met. I know our defense were playing, man. They were, they were, they were headhunting that game, bro, so... I mean, I I definitely say I can remember Saquon at the time. He wasn't healthy either, you know. He uh, he's still suffering that um that neck injury, so he had the you know the big Tom Rathman pad on um, mm-hmm. neck brace on out there playing. I, I that game was an unbelievable game, and that's the type of football we got to get back to. Why, so why not go against a vision opponent, get our you know get our game back, get our game face back on, get more established. You know, going to this playoffs ready to roll. That's that's what we need right there. That type of performance is exactly what we need. Fair enough. Although the Giants have been better since that game, qualified for the playoffs, made their uh, run to, to lock up a spot. So they do have flexibility this week. Meanwhile, the Eagles have kind of stubbed their toe pretty badly. Or maybe I should say sh- thrown their shoulder out of uh, whack because of Jalen Hurts because they still do need the game. All right. Uh, I ran this by uh, both BLG and, and Johnny Mack in the first hour. 
I, I need to put that much more of an emphasis on your opinion because, again, been there, done that. Former NFL player with a team going into the postseason. Pressure. There's pressure on the Eagles this week. Certainly more pressure than there was two weeks ago when they knew they only had to win one out of three games to get the number one seed. Well, we let two slip out of their hands and <laughs> we're down to just one game that they controlled their own destiny. So that raises the pressure. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because next week, maybe, maybe you get an extra week rest, you get a bye. But soon enough, you're going to have playoff pressure, hopefully in your own house to lessen the pressure a little bit. But pressure just the same because it's the postseason. This team got off to a quick start, kind of distanced themselves from everyone in the division, have been gliding through a season, more power to them, without a whole hell of a lot of pressure. Now they got pressure. Is that a good thing or a bad thing leading into the playoffs? I think it's a good thing. I think they needed this pressure because they, you know, they kind of, they did roll through this season pretty, pretty efficiently. They were fundamentally sound, you know, for, for a major part of this, this, um, this season. And they need to get back to being more fundamentally sound. You know, I can remember saying, you know, three quarters of the season, they they were crossing their T's and dotting their I's. They were playing fundamentally sound. They were doing the things they needed to win. Takeaway battle. They were making sure that on the offensive side of the ball, they're running the ball consistently. You know, they did those type of things. Well, they're not doing those things anymore. They're turning the ball over. They're not playing consistent, fundamentally sound football. They got to get back to that. They got to get back to, to one snap. Um one one you know one drive one quarter one half you know uh you know they've got to get back to playing that type of football just taking care of business you know the next play the next man up that mentality has to be surfaced within uh that locker room again and i think it, you know what got lost in the translation was jalen hurts's ability to be that rah-rah guy you know yes he's in the locker room and he, you know everybody sees him but it's nothing like seeing your leader on the field. And as a, as a leader on the team, sometimes you tend to sit back a little bit when you're hurt because you don't feel as though you're really, really a part of the team. Yep. We all know that Jalen Hurts is part of the team and they see him that way, but you get a more impressive message from the leader if he's out on the field. And I think you'll see that this week, you know, that you haven't seen in a while, the focus will be back there. They didn't, they weren't focused like they've been focused. They weren't doing things the way, um, crossing their T's and dotting their eyes like they were supposed to. I just ran down the stats on the rushing on the New York Giants side in the game they played a couple of weeks ago. For those who have forgotten from just four weeks ago, the Eagles were pretty effective running the football. Miles Sanders, 17 for a buck 44. That's eight and a half yards an attempt. Outrageously good. Two touchdowns. Jalen Hurts, seven rushes, 77 yards. 11 yards of rush. That's real nice when you get in the guy, the ball. Absolutely. No, he's going to get 11 yards. First down, the first down, the first down, the first down. Um, and then uh, Boston Scott had six for 33. So uh, it doesn't uh, – the, the top two guys are the ones that are certainly most important. I want them both running the football less this week because you need them for the postseason. And Miles is playing with a little bit of a knee – he hasn't been going full participant in practice. He's wearing a brace on Sundays for the game. I don't want to see Miles carry it 17 times on Sunday. Do you, Barry? No, I absolutely don't. And that's why we have Boston Scott. You know, that's why he can be key in this game. You know, that's why we have Kenneth Gainwell. 
he'll be key in this game. We don't need to run, you know, run him into the dirt. The way our offense is constructed, you see how good, especially Boston Scott, you see how good he played when he plays against the Giants, you know, years past. He's been, he's been an impressive player against the Giants. Kenneth Gainwell is starting to fill himself a little bit and, and, and really starting to play at a high level. Give him the rock. You don't have to have and necessarily go to Miles Sanders every single time. You have guys that can go out there and run. I mean, it's hard to find Boston Scott when he's out there. That's why, you know, for by the time you see him, he's up on you on the defense so quick that you know that he's he's become an effective player running in between the tackles. Give them guys an opportunity. You know what I mean? Just because you have a thousand yard back doesn't mean you have to use them. It'd be good to use them early, then get them out of there just to, you know, make sure he's safe. I mean, I'm not saying bubble wrap them, but you have other guys that can go out there and tote the rock also. And you specifically mentioned the whole Boston Scott basically scores a touchdown every time he plays the New York Giants, which is accurate. So uh, the Eagles <laughs> have to kind of ba- bank on that again this week. Jalen, seven for 77. Now, we got we had some fun at Nick Sirianni's expense um, in the Chicago game when he broke down every single play that Jalen Hurts, quote unquote, ran the football. He said the, the kneel downs at the end don't count. All right. I'll agree with that. The quarterback sneaks don't count. Well, yeah, they do. <laughs> the, the percentages are highly unlikely you're going to get injured. But Patrick Mahomes. Uh, tore his meniscus a couple of years ago on a quarterback snake. So it's not like it can't happen, but it very infrequently happens. The RPOs and or zone reads, then that's up to Jeff. That's not a called running play. That's not a designated quarterback run. So that doesn't count. So somehow in 17 rushing attempts, Nick Sirianni got it down to only two real running attempts where it was a called designated run, snap it to Jalen, and you know he's taken off. On his own, he ran it seven times against the Giants, which is a hell of a lot less than he did against the Bears in the game that he got hurt. Did they call any designated running plays with Jalen Hurts in the no, game on Sunday? No, no. I think the only run that he'll be doing is if they do do that uh, RPO. And, uh, you know, I mean, that's hard to say because if you go man-to-man against him, I mean, it's just too appetizing to to – to, to, you know, drop back. And then you had those DBs turn their back and it opens up like the Red Sea. You can run for like 30 yards. He'll just have to slide earlier. But man, that's what happens when you, when you're that good on the outside with, with, with um, AJ Brown. And when you have, you know, Smitty out there, Devontae Smith out there, it's hard not to, got, not to um, run when it just opens up like the Red Sea. Because you have to make sure you account for them. those are big impact players out there at the wide receiver position. You know, Dallas God is a good guy. That you have to make sure you bracket covers. No matter the bracket covers these guys, you got to go man to man and bring somebody over the top. That's taking somebody out of the box. That's taking somebody away from, from guarding him, you know, as a runner when you do that. See, what makes Jalen so good, He you have to account for him in the number count. When you have Gardner Minshew out there, they're defending 10 people. When Jalen's out there, you have to defend all 11. And that's the difference in how you run the ball and how he's able to go out there and, and virtually, you know, scramble effectively because that happens. I can see him running, you know, in, in the red zone, uh, a QB draw, because, you know, if they guess right and it's man-to-man, it's going to be a wide-open run, you know, so he can probably score on it. You just have to make sure you do it sparingly and understanding that, you know, you got to tell, tell Jalen, hey, stop, drop, and roll. 
You know what I'm saying? Stop, drop, and roll. Don't, don't, don't try to be a hero. Slide, get down. We don't care about the extra yardage. We need you for the playoffs. I don't jump over to the other side of the ball. Uh, we haven't talked all that much about the Eagle defense, what they need to do Sunday against the Giants. Um, my opinion has been, and let's see if you agree or disagree, a big reason why the Eagles were as undefeated as long into the season as they were, they were getting such superior cornerback play. And I listened to Jonathan Gannon yesterday saying the defensive line pressure makes it easier for the back seven. The back seven make it easier for the defensive. It's a uh, symbiotic thing that they 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 help each other. They play defense as a unit. And I believe that. But there's also the individuality of it. And both Bradford and Big Play Slay were just shutting people down and not giving up anything on the outsides. Last couple of weeks, maybe even more than a couple of weeks for Slay, last couple of weeks for Bradford, the cornerback play has not been as good. Um, they've both been beaten and beaten in big spots, too. Um, is there a reason for that? A little running out of gas thing? <coughs> why, um, why do you think the two, at one point, I, I think I got this from your buddy and mine, Ruben uh, Frank, after seven or eight games of the season, the number one ranked cornerback in the league for pass rusher rating, uh, passer against rating, uh, was Bradford in the 30s. Y usually, you got a, a pass rusher rating of 100. Uh, the good quarterbacks are above 100. The solid quarterbacks are in the 90s. The ones who aren't good enough are in the 80s. He's given up 30, like 38 percent, 38 quarterback rating against Bradford. And the second best in the league was Slay in the low 40s. They were 1-2 in the league on the same team. That's unheard of. Yeah, they're both. Uh, Slay is up way into the 100, like up near 130. And Bradford's number's gone up pretty significant as well. What happened to the Eagle cornerback play, Barry? It's, just, it's how you call the defense. <clears throat> they're not calling an aggressive style of defense because of the slot corner position. I mean, that's 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 all it is. Well, that's what you think <clears throat> it is, huh? Gannon doesn't trust the slot corner. You know, when he had Avanti in there, he was able to call stuff. They were better to be aggressive. They didn't play press coverage until the half, you know, till till you know the second half. And you know, and I'm saying you can play play, you can play press corners versus zone and man. And what I'm saying is by press, you can just be, you know, three to four yards from the guy. Take the first read away. That's what they weren't doing in the first half. They weren't taking that first read away. So no matter what your pass rush is, if you don't take the first read away and the quarterback's able to get the ball out, then, it, you know, it, it's all for nothing. It wasn't until the second half when they started getting those sacks. The reason they started getting them sacks, guys started getting pressed corners. They started getting, you know, close to them and player tighter on the receiver. That takes, first, first of all, the initial read away from the quarterback. Now they can cover. Now those two are more comfortable near the cornerback, I mean, near the wide receiver. They feel more comfortable when they're, when they're reaching out to him, when they can touch him. They don't want to play back like that. Even though Bradbury can, he's a pretty good, um, you know, a zone covers corner. He wants to get up there, be in a guy's face, reroute a guy if he wants to. I mean, that's when they feel more comfortable, when it's, when it's tangible, when they can touch him, when they can be right up on him. When you make them play back, you know, it's a guessing game. You know, you can guess in and out. They could be more aggressive when they play up, but when you have that slot corner that's not playing at a level, then you know it's, it's going to put Gannon, Jonathan Gannon in a position like, I can't be as aggressive because if he misses, 
This guy's running wide open. This guy's running free. The hole's going to open up. He's going to get into the zone, sit down where he's going to go. You know, you can't play an aggressive nation when you don't have – when Josiah – let me let me just put it in perspective. When you have Josiah Scott in there, he doesn't trust him enough to play tight press coverage. Now, CJGJ, you can press cover him. He can play that aggressive style. You can feel more comfortable with a guy like that in the slot as opposed to having, um, you know – Josiah Scott there. That's that's it. The bottom line is he doesn't trust Josiah Scott. So you got to play a different style of defense with Josiah Scott in there. All right. Uh, know that you're a positive guy. Uh, so the positive answer to this question is Eagles win Sunday against Giants and they uh, control their own destiny and they take care of their own business. But if the Eagles were to lose to the Giants, how much confidence do you have in Sam Howell and David Blau, who will be quarterbacking the commanders of Washington against the Cowboys and the Cardinals of Arizona against the 49ers, that those two guys can come up big at the QB position and allow the Eagles to back into the number one seed in the NFL playoffs. Jody Mack, there's not a snowball's chance in hell they can come close to beating either one of those teams. It'll Come be, on, Sam Howell was great at North Carolina. <laughs> at North Carolina, yes. He hadn't even seen the field yet, you know, so there's no confidence in that. In fact, what is going on up there? I mean, what is going on, man? Oh, we, we could do – we got uh, five minutes left in the show. We could do 25 <laughs> minutes on Ramon <laughs> Well, like, how do you do that? How do you do that? How do you start wins when Heineke went five for three for him? And you're going to start wins. And instantly he comes out and does win stuff. Three interceptions. I know one of them, you know, was, a, you know, throw it up and somebody go get it. But still, you know, it, that, see, that, I mean, that's a whole show in itself, you know, you know, oh, Carson yeah. Wentz, man. It, it, but, but there's no confidence in them, even though their defense not, not, is not good. David no. Blau, the former backup from the Lions, the star of hard knocks this past uh, year. <laughs> You're not believing in him in Arizona, huh? Not at all, man. Not all right, at all. Yeah. <laughs> Nor do I, but I just wanted to throw it out there. All I right, mean, because uh, so, so if, if if we do lose, we'll be the what the sixth seed. We'll be the sixth seed, and we'll five. be going to we'll be five. We'll be fifth yeah. seed, and we'll be going to play uh, Tom Brady. Yeah, probably going to uh, see the Brady bunch. Do you want that? No, at the level they're playing right now. I, I know the Bucks are going to finish if they win this last week. Which, uh, as per their coach, they're going to play their starters this week, even though they've already locked up the division. I'm not a big Todd Bowles fan, you know. I kind of like the Jets, and I watch Todd coach the Jets. Yeah. Not good. <laughs> he, he's a as a head coach, he's a great defensive coordinator, right? Um, right, right, right. And that's a problem. Uh, but I kind of agree with them on this one. I think they do need to play some of their guys to go into the playoffs um, and and have at least a eight and nine and eight record rather than an eight and nine, which is is kind of backing in an embarrassment. Uh, so yeah, if I'm the Eagles, I want no part of Tampa. I need an off week rather than having to go down and absolutely, deal with we absolutely need it, man. That's why I say you play. We're gonna have to play our starters. We're gonna have to play football, man. We have to play. Uh, agreed. All right, so Barrett Brooks. All these things taken into consideration that you and I have talked about for the last 50 minutes, put it all together in a pot, stir it up. What do you come out with for a score for Eagles Giants? I'm going um I'm going 28. 28 uh 
2817. That's what we want to score. 2817. 2817. Which, which would not give you a cover on a 13 and a half or a 14 point line. Oh, they're not covering. They're not covering. They're winning the game, but they're not covering. No. Okay, good. Uh, and you sound uh, pretty positive about that. Yeah. I hate to say it, but I'm with you. <laughs> I I think the Eagles are going to win. The worst case scenario, the panic in the streets, lose three straight games going into the playoffs. Uh, people will start to say this, choking, throwing up. No, that will be avoided. They will win the game. They will find a way to win the game. But yeah, I think that it's actually going to be less than double a double-digit lead going into the fourth quarter that maybe the Eagles get a uh, field goal. Uh, but I'm I'm right around your score. I think they win by 10 or 11 points, um, maybe somewhere in the vicinity of 26 to 16, yep. uh, about, a, about a 10 point margin. Um, I think both teams will uh, pull starters at one point and we'll be evaluating Eagle backups against giant backups because um, if the Eagles have what you suggested is a big enough lead, 14 points to pull their guys, then you might see Tyrod Taylor make a play that gets a little bit closer. Eagles win. Eagle fans out there, I don't think we're going to have to do a whole week of, oh, my God, how did they choke away this NFC East lead? I do not think that's <laughs> going to happen. But nor do I think you're going to be able to go to the red zone at uh, 315 because the Eagles are already up by three touchdowns. I I'm, I think they're going to be a little bit more protective. I think they're going to run a less than eagle-like offense to protect Jalen uh, Hurts from himself. So I I don't think it's going to be a uh, highlight film uh, win by the Eagles, but I think they do get the win. Uh, yep. So we they get we the win, will, bro. We will wait till Monday and find out. All right. So you got to hang with Derek Gunn and Rob Ellis later today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. We we. Is 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 I could just sit back and just put it in cruise control with those two, man. Cause you know, hey, you no, know, D Gun's got his own opinions, man. And, and and oftentimes he's wrong and I'm right. So just oh, let you guys there you know. go. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. A little internal <laughs> strike. Not like McMullen and I never did uh, agree on uh, everything. <laughs> he just didn't pick up the point that I was trying to sell at the earlier of the show. But right, that's right. okay. Um one quick question and pulling behind the curtain for everybody to see. Do you actually brush your beard on air when you're on with those guys? Either Since you're not paying it. attention to what they're doing. This is Barrett before the show starts. I get yep. to see him in uh, <laughs> the, the, the practice window before we punch him up. And he's going pretty good. I'm brushing that beard. I'm just wondering when Rob okay. and, and Derek get off on a tangent, do you just go to the, the combing of the beard? Yeah, I got to, man. I mean, you, I mean look at you. I, say, I, get, I need to get mine, you know, finally, you know, groomed like yours. Yours is yeah, finally stop groomed it. all the time. I, I wish I had the, 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 the <laughs> darkness of yours. Uh, mine, I've been looking like Santa Claus for 10, 15 years now. I wish I had a little dark still in mine. I, I'm envious of yours. Uh, Big B, you know we love it whenever you jump in with us here on Birds 365. Thank you very much for doing Appreciate so. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, you know, we'll probably call on you again because we're both predicting an eagle win which means continued into the playoffs so any friday i get you a football friday with you is good i thank you for doing so today appreciate it appreciate it man Barrett brooks in for johnny mac uh johnny mac and i will be back on monday because we know the eagles are going to the playoffs they already locked that up we want a nice easy week where we don't have to sweat an opponent just yet uh hopefully that's the case we need that two weeks rest 
Uh, yes, Barrett needs rest. <laughs> I need it more. Uh, and hopefully we get just that. Everybody have a great week. Enjoy the Eagle game on Sunday. We'll be back here on Birds 365 on Monday. Catch you then. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.